welcome to the Resilient Birth Podcast. Hi, I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah. On this podcast, we navigate the world of trauma in the perinatal period, both personally and professionally. Justine and I believe what is uniquely beautiful about this podcast is that the you as our listener can be the perinatal professional or the you who desires to have a family, has a family, or may have lost children. We hope you can find what you need as you listen, connect with our vulnerability, and feel witnessed in others' experiences. We talk about trauma on this podcast, so please take care of yourself and meet yourself with kindness and grace. Hi, and welcome to the Resilient Birth Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah. And we're excited to have you listening today. It's Sarah's turn this week to be sharing her quote, and I'm going to be responding I haven't heard it yet. I don't know what's coming. So I'm like you, the listener, excited to find out what we're going to be talking about. As always, we do want to just remind you that we go deep in our conversations. We share with vulnerability. We are always, almost always talking about trauma. And so do what you need to do to take care of yourself while you're listening to this podcast. That might look like having some warm tea to, to hold and to sip upon. It might look like getting up, stretching, moving, maybe holding a hand to your heart or cupping one hand in another, feeling that contact. And if to Today is not the day for listening to this conversation, then it is okay to choose to listen at another time. Okay, Sarah, I wonder if you can just take us away and, and I'm excited to hear what has spoken to you this week. Yeah, so this week I was really drawn to a quote from a song. And I think music has been a really supportive tool for me in my healing journey and feeling witnessed in my journey as someone who has experienced trauma, because my experience isn't one that I have freely shared with many people. The person who knows the most is probably my partner, and then not many people know much else. And so when you have this unspoken story that lives inside of you, you almost feel like it's invisible. And I have found that music is a way it can be in my space or in the room when I still have that safety or freedom but almost like it's being acknowledged in this really beautiful way. It's a way in some ways I can share it with my kids without really having to share it. So they just know, like they know I love this song and they don't know why, but it's like I'm giving them a part of me. And I just have found that music is really healing and can say words that I have never been able to speak myself out loud. And I just really needed that, a way to speak my truth out loud this week. So that's why I wanted to bring this quote in. So I'm going to try and read it as beautifully as it's sung. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. And if I get emotional, I am not prepared, but it's going to feel like to actually read these words out loud. She's imperfect, but she tries. She is good, but she lies. She is hard on herself. She is broken and won't ask for help. She is messy, but she's kind. And she is lonely most of the time. She is all of this mixed up and baked in a beautiful pie. She is gone, but she used to be mine. And that beautiful lyric is from the song She Used to Be Mine by Sarah Brellis, and she wrote it for the musical The Waitress. And it just has spoken to me deep, deep into my soul. So I wanted to share it with you and our listeners today. Mm. Thank you so much for bringing that voice into this space. As somebody listening to it, and, and I don't know this 
songs, I am hearing these words for the first time. What what jumps out so powerfully to me is this sense of the the lost self and that that silence coming out really powerfully for me in, in this in this quote. I wonder, Sarah, I my my gut and my body says, can you read it to me again? <laughs> like I feel as though I need it a second time. And and I wonder if maybe our listeners feel the same. Yeah, I would love to share her beautiful words again. She's imperfect, but she tries. She is good, but she lies. She is hard on herself and she's broken and won't ask for help. She is messy, but she's kind. She is lonely most of the time. She is all of this mixed up and baked in a beautiful pie. She is gone, but she used to be mine. What do you think speaks to you in this in this quote? What, what, what draws you to it? When I first heard it, it was just this visceral response mm-hmm. of crying and this release. Mm-hmm. And then I remember this really poignant moment where I was at a grief conference and the presenter had asked over the week for people to bring in pictures of loved ones and share about those they had lost. And I had recently lost my father. So I was like, I should bring in a picture of him and feeling guilty that that wasn't feeling right. And then I went back to my room and I put the song on and I just started weeping again. And I realized the picture that needed to be in the space was that 17-year-old girl. Mm. She was mine, but now she's gone. And I was mourning myself. And so I went back into that conference and I went up to the presenter and I said, can you play a song for me? And they said, yes. And I, and I explained to the group and I didn't share my story why, but I said, as someone who has trauma, I'm mourning the loss of myself. Mm. And I want everyone in this room to maybe hold space for this person and this part of me who is all these things, all these beautiful mixed up things. And people just sat there and listened to it in silence and we cried. And it was just so freeing to finally mourn Mm. this part of me and have people bear witness to grief is not just someone leaving your life. Grief can be the part of you that has been taken from trauma. And how do you honor that story and reclaim all all this mixed up Mm -hmm. that is existing inside? Mm -hmm. One of the things that strikes me about that quote is the part where she's baked into the pie, which for me suggests a a gift. There's a gift here. The parts of myself have gone into a pie to be given to another, right? To be eaten by another, to be consumed, to be gone. It's interesting hearing you speak about how you brought it, the song into this grief work and how that was also a gift, right? A gift to the to the group. And so in in many ways I'm I'm kind of really um struck by this. I guess there's a the a fragility and a and a poignancy of what it is that is in this pie and how is the pie then gained or lost or offered or taken. And for me it's that place when I hear it, that it gives me a sort of sense of chills. Because it's, it's also unexpected that there's the self that is there, but broken, good, but lies. Like there's, there's a kind of pattern 
in the language, but then all of a sudden there's this kind of unexpected line. Yeah. And it really jumps out at me. Yeah. And I think the, the, the lines do build on each other. And I think they are like a beautiful representation of what maybe trauma represents to me. Mm-hmm. Like I am good, but sometimes you have to lie because you can't tell people your truth. You can't tell people mm-hmm. your story. If someone's asking you if you're okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're safe. I can't give that to you. You know, how many times have I felt lonely because I'm walking around with this story inside of mm-hmm. me that has only been mine to hold? you know, and my life is messy and I'm emotionally messy sometimes, but I am like kind and caring and I can't help but that sometimes these messy emotions take over and diverge the plan that I had in mind. So I just thought it beautifully represented that this messiness can be baked into, turned into something Mm. beautiful. And maybe she's not gone, but she did, she was mine. And how do I reclaim what I need to reclaim from her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as a, as a therapist, how do you, because that experience that you're sharing is one that so many of your clients will have felt that I don't know if my story is safe with you. I don't have anywhere to place this story, to, to give this story to someone else, to bake it into a pie and hand it over. But then obviously your work is to receive what, parts of the story do get shared. And so how do you work with people who maybe come to you unsure if this is a space where they can talk about their experience of, of trauma? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like one thing that you can do. I, I honestly truly feel like it's a feeling when you meet a therapist or a helper on your journey, there's just this sense of potential safety that you can just feel in the space. And I try and give that to my clients, like this open heart, like non-judgment is just like ever present Mm -hmm. in my body. And it's putting them first in session, allowing them to know that I believe them a hundred percent. I can hold whatever pain they're having to give me and truly being present, which means sometimes showing emotion with them, and I've had some clients say to me that this is one space that they feel truly safe in because they know that they are always heard and believed and honored. And I just think that we all need someone in our lives to be that for us to heal. And it's such a gift that I can carry them in my heart and give that to them. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, one of the things that the song brings out very powerfully for me is this sense of the loneliness of this experience and how, you know, many of the people that that we work with, there is this sense of the lost self, that lost self. And then whoever I am now, and maybe I am no more, without that person to hold this transformation of self for us, it just feels like, well, I'm completely alone in this. And and because we work with new parents and, and expectant parents who maybe are going through such an enormous life transformation in a culture that tends to emphasize the wonderful, joyous, fantastic thing that it is to bring a baby into the world, there's just no space 
for feelings of loss and of grieving who you used to be and of not being okay and for the the presence of this beautiful baby to be the thing that makes it all okay. And for so many of the people that we work with, there isn't a place to share that experience of, yes, I'm grateful here is this lovely baby, but I'm also have lost myself somewhere along this story. And now I have to, you know, bake a pie out of all the things that are left. And I don't really know if I want this pie anymore. <laughs> like maybe I don't want this pie. And and it's a very lonely journey to be on. Yeah, I think that's that's why this song was so incredibly poignant to me because it not only spoke to my trauma before becoming a mother, but also really spoke to motherhood. And one of the things that really struck me was this grieving of your old self, but not feeling justified to grieve. Because with my previous trauma, because I didn't tell anyone my story or my experience, I felt like I had unjustified grieving because people are just wondering like, what's up you? Like, why are you off? Or why are you this? And I'm like, well, I can't say anything. And so it just felt like I shouldn't be feeling this way. And then as motherhood, grieving who I was before becoming a mother and like parts of myself, I would like, I still would love to read a book and not have it interrupted. Like I, I missed that part and I don't know when it's going to return, but like, do I have the right to grieve it? Because I made this choice to have my children. So like this song represented all the things I wish I could scream out loud. Like I'm lonely and I don't know where to put these feelings. I just want to read a book. And like, how can I ever be that again? I'm messy. Yeah, my house is messy because I'm running myself ragged, but I'm a good mom and I'm a good person. Can't you see that? Mm. So some days when the song comes on, I cry for a multitude of different reasons. Maybe it's my past trauma, maybe it's motherhood, but it just represents all this mixed up that's inside of me. Yeah. And that like sense of I'm broken and you can't see it as well, which I think happens a lot with, with motherhood and being a parent. You look like you've got everything together. Oh, you're doing so fantastic. Wow. How do you look so awake and amazing? And you've got how many kids? And it's like all of that. And then, and you're like, yeah, everything's fine. And there's the lie, right? When when people ask you, how are you? And I, and I'll say like, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. Um, I do this at the school gate at drop off. Oh yeah, I'm good. And it's like, well, actually maybe I'm not okay. But where is it okay to share that? And can I open up in this space? And for me, often one of the challenges is I open up a little bit, but then I don't want to be too difficult, too needy, too much of the parent who's always coming in with their stories of trials and tribulations. And and so it's like, there is that part of you that then hides the mess from the world. And I also think it's a societal expectation that as parents, we need to like have it all together to be perfect. And God forbid you ask for help. When's anyone asking for help on any parenting show you see? Like, you know, everyone talks about these perfect parents on TV and and I'm like far from that. And, but we're told a society, like, this is what we need to be. And I remember I ran into town to go get a cup of coffee because I had my 
child and the car wasn't home. And I'm like, I just really, I need to get a cappuccino that I'm so willing to like run a mile and run a mile back with my baby. And I'm running and this person yells at me like, go super mom. And I just want to turn around and scream and say, I am not being a super mom right now. Like it felt so condescending. I am just doing something to try and take care of myself. And I'm running and I wish I wasn't running with my child to have to do it, but it's the only way I could get the self-care moment. Don't call me super mom. I just would like to cry. Mm. But you just have to smile and wave and keep on running. Mm-hmm. And and again, you're invisible. I'd wish I could just drive to the store and pick it up and have a few minutes to myself in the car, but instead, strapping in a toddler, sweatily running, because that's what needed to get done in order to meet one need of mine. Mm. Puts me in mind of the word resilient. And of course, we have resilient as um, the name of our podcast and also the work that we do as uh, resilient birth. But it is a difficult word. And it's a word that sometimes feels like, yeah, I'm resilient. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a survivor. Yes, I'm okay. I'm, I've, I've come through all these things. And, and here I am. And there's part of me that's like, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. There's a celebration in that. And we should celebrate the resilience of people. But then it can tip into that, hey, super mom, you're so great. You are so resilient. And then you're like, well, maybe sometimes I just need to fall apart and not be resilient. Can I for once just not be okay? Can you see that in me? And can that be okay? And I think as as parents and as women in particular, that is not necessarily easily permitted or, or felt to be allowed. And we don't necessarily celebrate the mess. Right? We're just we're celebrating the overcoming of the mess and the pushing through. And it's like, well, you know, of course that makes sense. And then at the same time, you're just like, no, like I'm not always there. And our clients are not always there. Our clients are not always in that space where they feel like they have it together or that they have overcome, they have survived. They might actually really be deep in the darkness of the space that they're in right now. And we can see that the strength that it takes to be in that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that being a kind of cheerleader from the side, oh, you're so resilient, Mm -hmm. feels like the right response. Yeah. And that's why I just think music can be a really powerful tool that we can use with our clients. I often will share like a quote after a session with someone. I'll have like a couple days of reflecting and then I'll like share a quote that just came to mind or that I heard that made me think about them and I'll send it to them. And Because sometimes it just feels good to be seen, Mm. you know, so I hope my clients can feel seen when I send them and they can see that I'm also holding them in my heart throughout the week in between sessions. But for myself, it just feels good to have this representation. And I also think it's okay to show others around us that we carry all these different feelings. Because obviously when I play this song, it's a gut-wrenching song. You can hear it in her voice. And my children are like, what is she so sad about? So it's a great way to even just show these different emotions and like, bring them into their lives and share something that can be so powerfully moving 
for someone. And I hope maybe me being open and vulnerable with my music choices allows my kids, if that's a powerful tool for them to like unlock it Mm -hmm. for themselves. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've always gone to to stories and and to language. And and so for me, it's in a the novel that I can no longer read. Mm-hmm. And in the yeah, it, it kind of feels locked away in in some literature that maybe I haven't accessed in quite a long time since becoming a parent because reading a book is so so challenging and it's it's not just the reading of it it's also you know i have um i can listen to to things on on audiobooks so it's not not just that it's it's something that has something to do with um having a kind of mental space for it and i haven't it's interesting i haven't actually moved back into that mental space Mm-hmm. Since having children, I haven't felt ready to delve into that yet. And so often what I do instead is, is listen to podcasts. And so actually the, the voice or the, the spoken word for me is, is very important and, and powerful. And it, it's, it's interesting. It's, I, wonder, I wonder why that is that my, my medium mm-hmm. is a different one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if, as long as we can find a representation that feels like connected to our heart space, that's just a, a gift in itself mm-hmm. to be able to just be with yourself. For me, it's in song or you're hearing someone say something that's resonating with you. And it just, again, it, I think it cuts through this, like when she says she's lonely most of the time, I sometimes feel that so deeply, mm-hmm. particularly in motherhood now, like it feels very lonely because I'm just running myself ragged with these three little ones that I don't have time really outside of my space. But then the song reminds me that somewhere out there, someone else is feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost like a constellation coming together of like all these people who might be holding the same feeling inside of them. And I'm touching like our hearts are touching. And I think it's beautiful that you have found a way to do that with a different medium. And I don't know what every client wants or needs, but I think when I share with them a quote or a part of a song or something from a book, I think what I'm giving them is that heart to heart connection. At least it's like a piece of my heart and I'm giving it to you. And because having that is so grounding and I think changing to walking you towards healing. Yeah, I think so. I I like this idea of this, this constellation of souls and of people who are all experiencing this same or similar or the essence is even though everyone has their own unique experience of it there's something in the essence of it that connects all of them it reminds me a lot of the loneliness of breastfeeding a newborn and that um, relentlessness through the night when you're up by yourself and you're feeding again and it feels very lonely and yet Across the world, there are millions of people feeding their babies at that exact moment in time, also probably by themselves in a room, often in the same time zone as you, and so therefore at night. And so you're all connected in this moment in time, and yet it feels so isolating to be in that, in that space. I've learned that for myself anyway, it's really helpful not to know what time it is. 
So not to have a sense of, of whether it's the beginning of the night or the end of the night, just to be in the moment. And here it is, here is now. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter how many more times or how many times I've been woken up because here we are now in this in this moment and to really be in the present and not get too caught up in thinking, oh, you know, it's only 11 p.m. It's only 11 p.m. I've only been asleep for an hour. I've got to do this however many more times, but just to be in that moment. And then the thought of all the people who are now also in that moment with me has been very helpful. Yeah. And I think, you know, having this reminder that you're not the only one in this moment is so powerful because I don't think we talk enough about this shift into parenting and this impact. And I feel like this wave that crashed over me came before I was ready for it. It's almost like when my trauma happened too, like I wasn't ready for it. And then I'm like under the water and I can't get up. And like the same thing with motherhood. I was like under the water and I can't get up and you're handing me a baby. And I like, don't know even what to do now. Who am I with this baby? And where do you go with that? story because you go to you know a parent group and like mm -hmm. they're like talking about like oh here's what your baby's doing this week and blah blah blah, blah. I'm like I don't want to talk about what my baby's doing at 10 weeks like I want to know is like anyone else not showered in two weeks even when we have our child and when we are in points where we could connect with other people the focus is still so much on this other being that you've created that I felt like even then I was gone mm. I used to be a person. The second I became pregnant and shared that news outside of my space, my partner made me feel very grounded in my personhood. But like everyone else was like, how's the baby? What's the baby doing? Is the baby moving today? And I'm like, I am here. And then you have this baby. And then everyone's still like, what's the baby doing? Is the baby crawling? Is the baby doing this yet? And you're like, can you just hold the baby so I can shower? And I don't want to be gone anymore. I want to be a person and I don't want to be just a parent I want to be a clinician. I want to be an athlete. I want to be a reader. I want to be a podcaster. Like I want to be someone who walks this world and like help shift how we look at parenting and birthing. So like it can be more freeing and healing and hopeful. But how do I do that when the identity of motherhood is shoved onto me as the number one thing that I need to be? And when even that identity is one that isn't necessarily welcome to be talked about. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the mom and baby groups and there's just this tiny little space of maybe just at the very beginning of the group where you go around the circle and you share a little bit about yourself, but you can't say too much because you don't want to take up too much of the time and the space. And maybe the other people in the group only share a sentence. And so maybe only a sentence is allowed for yourself, or you go to the the first group of a series. And in that first group, you're allowed to share the story a little bit, a tiny little snippet of the story of your birth. But is it welcome in week two and week three and week four to touch back again on Pon, how you're feeling about it and what's coming up for you around it? And so often I go to those groups and, and they were a lifeline, particularly with my, my first child and, and also with my second. Um, they were a, a lifeline and I needed them, but I also needed more in them. Like I needed it to hold me and my experience of myself, my new self, and the grief of this lost old self, particularly with my first, I needed it to hold the, the trauma of that birthing experience, but there wasn't a place for that. 
there was just this little moment or this two sentences. And so I took what I could out of it. And in that sense, they were wonderful. But where could I go with people who also, because like you need that community as well. So like I needed the people, but I needed the space for that deeper sharing. I go to a playgroup with my older daughter. And I think because she's my third, I'm a little bit more open with my my feelings. And they're going around and each week we get articles to read. And they're always articles about like child development, saying no to your child. And I just, they came to me and I just said, can I just give a suggestion? Can we, I'm not going to use my free time to read about how to help my children because I'm with my children all day long. And if I have a free moment, I don't want to use it to give more to my children. Have you ever thought about giving an article on parenting or how it feels to be a parent or just have the discussion be about me? I'm I'm in this room and I don't want to read again about how to help my kid and say no and set boundaries. Like, how, how do I learn to set a boundary for myself so I'm still myself? Mm. And I just like, I don't know if I was fed up that day, but I just had to share that into this space because even in that, even in the articles we're given, which are supposed to be helpful, it's erasing the identity of me being anything else. I'm writing this down. The words, how do I set a boundary for myself so I can still be myself? Those are the words that I'm going to carry out of our conversation today because I think they really nicely tie in this kind of question of who is the lost self and what do I need to honor that self? What do I need to bring maybe parts of myself back? Because not all of it is necessarily lost forever. Who is the transformed self that I am now as a parent? And who is the transformed self through the work that I do? And how do I honor those people? But also, how do I set those boundaries so that I'm not just lost, whether it's parenting or work or in my relationship? Where do I get to be? me and prioritize myself and what I need and what I want. And so I think that's that's really what I'm going to carry out of this conversation and, and do some thinking about, particularly for myself, but also for for my clients this week. I'm wondering, Sarah, what you're, what you're taking out this week. I'm carrying out this week is to just have that open heart space for someone's story and, and grief and maybe the space that I can create, I can be that median for them to maybe I'm that song or that written word. And by understanding that that's it, that's this incredible gift that the vulnerability of my clients give me. So how, how do I protect that space and truly honor the beauty in what I hold from them? Well, thank you so much for bringing such a beautiful quote into our conversation today. Thank you, listener, for hearing our thoughts. We hope you'll join us next time for the next one of these we do. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. And if you liked today's content, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and share with a friend or colleague. And if anything came up for you on today's episode, please take a moment today to take care of yourself, reach out to some supports in your community, and if necessary, reach out to a local mental health professional. 